Hey, this is Jonathan. Just wanted to jump in real quick before we get this episode started off proper to tell you about something that our guest this week, Jonathan Franklin, was kind enough to gift us with and you as well. Uh, he is, as you will hear during the episode, the creator of the adventure party game Bar Pig, uh, a real funny game with some RPG influence, crazy party game, can be a drinking game if you wanted to. And he has offered us up a promo code if you go to barpig.eu or shop dot barpig dot eu and use the code roll for crit when you place an order there you will get 30 percent off and he says allegedly he'll throw in a little jessica squeaky pig which may also make a cameo later on in this episode uh, this offer is valid until july 1st so you've got a month Recommend it. Very fun game. 30% off with the code roll for crit Check the show notes for details. And now, on with the episode. You're listening to the roll for crit podcast. Your number one resource for news, discussion, and more from the world of tabletop gaming. Got a real fun show for you this week. My name is Jonathan. I'm Will, and we're getting into the summer months, which is really fun. I'm really uh-huh. hoping, here at least, the weather stays consistently warm. We've had... Sort of cold days and hot days. Back and I am forth, very currently weird. under a blanket <laughs> because <laughs> here in New Jersey, it was 90 degrees for a week. Then when I went outside, it was like sunny and 75. But in my cold, damp cave that I live in, it's like 50 degrees. So I, I find it very frustrating. But nonetheless, I think you have something to roll for us. Yeah. Speaking of numbers, <laughs> as always, we roll a die at the beginning to see how well this podcast goes. Now, I have switched to a red die with, uh, I would say, goldish bronze lettering. I okay. want to switch it out, a die time, you know, hopefully that, that, that it allows, gives all my dice a chance to roll and, you know, that no one gets a little jealous. And hopefully that means uh, good numbers. I like the picture you're painting for me right now. Well, we got a 12, so it's still two digits. <laughs> okay. All right. A 12. I think last week we got an 11, so maybe we're doing sequential numbering for a while well that we'll have to check that off on your on your bingo card <laughs> yeah we'll check we'll check that one off i'm happy with a 12 what's wrong with that i think things are going to go swimmingly uh and especially because joining our party today he is designer of the adventure party card game bar pig all the way from the netherlands please welcome jonathan Jono franklin Hello, guys. Well, uh, a 12. That's uh, that 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 must be good news. It's better than what I usually roll on a d20. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, of course. Uh, you know, Bar Pig has got a lot of uh, a lot of RPG influences in it. So I, you, you must have RPG experience prior to that, right? Oh, absolutely. I used to uh, love playing Dungeons and Dragons and uh, a little sci-fi RPG. Some of you might know called Alternity. Back in my high school days, and mm. I've picked it up a little bit now and then. Uh, I actually haven't played for about three years now, but would love to get back into it. It's fun, yeah, for sure. And like you rightfully said, I mean, uh, Barpig, yeah, we've definitely taken the uh, role-playing factor of good old RPGs into a little party game. And indeed, you also do- roll a dice in the game to see whose turn it is. So, initiative roll. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. Is that game you mentioned? Is that uh, still like? Are they still? printing it doing new editions and stuff uh, like that no I've, I've i've been looking around for it but you can only find um you know uh old pdf scanned uh, copies on, online and stuff it's not published anymore but it was a really good sci-fi uh d20 based uh, role-playing game 
Some really sounds like something to uh, bring to Kickstarter now. I mean, actually, you mention it, and now I feel a bit stupid because I think I saw it go by in Kickstarter once. I will tap away my little keyboard and see. (laughs) Oh yeah, bummer! In 2017, they they relaunched it. (laughs) Okay, I missed that, and it was successful. God damn it! (laughs) This is why. This is good news. This is good news. This is why I should watch the news. Damn it! You know. (laughs) yeah well that's why you gotta stay tuned to our podcast every week to make sure you don't miss things like that oh i know yeah i mean i've I've been listening to you guys sporadically but i I have to like take this off my agenda you know the bar the bar peak to-do list listen to uh to will and john because uh they got the news (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh we will try to keep things uh not confusing because of course uh (laughs) you are our first guest that shares a name with one of us Uh, (laughs) but we'll 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 primarily go with with Jono, as we as no, like no, do. no, I disagree. Um, I think it should intermix Jonathan and myself all the time. It only makes it more, more interesting listen, listening. I think. Just <laughs> yes. anytime someone Every- says Jonathan, we both respond. Exactly. We go. Yep. <laughs> no matter where you are in the world. So yeah. if you're ever alone and want to play a game of Bar Pig, just say Jonathan. Yeah. Oh yeah. From from a window and a door. They'll both just pop up. It's like a Bloody Mary scenario, isn't it? Dark mirror, dark bathroom mirror. Turn around three times, say a name five times. Boop, our pig. <laughs> You're the barbarian. <laughs> I'm, I'm frightened. Uh, I, we're we're going to try to get over these jitters yeah. because we have news stories to discuss. Mm. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's start off the show. No, please. <laughs> Go. I, I could listen. Like we could just do this for the whole show. I don't care. Uh, but I guess we got to get the news stories. Otherwise, how mm. will we know when it's finished? Mm. We won't know when it's over. Uh, it's time for the news roundup. <laughs> news <laughs> roundup. <laughs> still still using the same bumper. If you want to submit one, please send one in to us, uh, meeplegallerygmail.com. All right. First story this week. Now, last week we talked about kind of the big thing that's going around right now. The thing that probably we'll be talking about a lot in the future, uh, in the months to come, is this year's Gen Con, which is going to be a little bit different from other Gen Cons, in particular because a whole bunch of publishers have announced that they are not going. We talked about this last week. But... There are still some publishers who indeed are going to Gen Con. There was a Facebook post over on a Gen Con fan page where uh, one Joseph Adelsick asked who is going to Gen Con, and several publishers responded, uh, including AEG, Arcane Wonders, Czech Games Edition, Indie Boards and Cards, Renegade Game Studios, uh, Pandasaurus, a, a bunch of studios, uh, and of course, this is not any kind of uh, definitive, complete list, but uh, it, it's certainly perhaps encouraging for people who weren't sure to to know that there are still some fairly popular names that are going to be at Gen Con this year. I did find it interesting in one of the posts. Uh, some studios, like Czech Games, says they're going to have a pretty big presence, just like always, their own room with demos. While I saw AEG saying. They were going to have a smaller sales booth, but without any demos. Mm. So a, a bit of a different presence. I don't know how you know how much that's going to affect other booths, but Jono, you yeah. are a game developer. Yeah. So I mean, what what are your thoughts well, on on this whole thing? Yeah, well, um, exactly. I mean, this is also the uh, the question of the year, if you will, as the pandemic uh, comes to an end. And we all get vaccinated. Um, 
Yeah, conventions. I mean, I, I would love to say, yes, Bapik will be at Gen Con with our beautiful tavern, as always. But um, I don't own a million dollars in my own private airplane, so that's not going to happen today. <laughs> I mean, Not I, yet. Not yet, no. I mean, I, I, I could beg at my boss. You guys know I, I fly for a living, but no, I, I think they won't let me do that. Um, I did see um, colleagues slash competitors, uh, Drinks of Frenemies, <laughs> said they're going to be there. And I know they're yes. also uh, a good party game. Uh, and I wonder, because the big question for a lot of publishers, of course, is what does the demo entail? How much contact do you have? Can you do it at a distance? Can you do it just as a show people how to play, but they don't sit down and play? And what will be the impact then uh, on sales as a result? I mean, um, you guys know Barpig is a good example of where we would have difficulty at that, because it is such a fun involving game you really it really comes in its own if you sit down with your mates and you play the challenges and you cause each other to run across the room to be the first to touch the you know a, a painting of snoopy or you know uh, you've got to slap each other's hand or but then there's also other challenges you know the most cerebral ones where you don't have to have that contact and distance and a lot of games will also have that too so um i think Really, it, it comes down to what your game does and whether or not you're able to be creative about it, only demonstrate things that are still, you know, open uh, speech, quotation marks, safe, close speech, marks, quotation marks. <laughs> I had trouble saying that word. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know, a tough word to say. It's a tough word, quotation marks, astrophysicist. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> but... Um, it, I think it, it, you know, th th there's a lot of things you can still do, but you've got to be smart about it. You've got to be creative about it. And I think you, as a publisher, you've got to think what really makes our game and how can we show that off the best and still make it a safe event for everyone, given it is still kind of in a pandemic. So Right. Yeah. And, you know, not even taking something like Bar Pig, which is much more of that, you know, you're all interacting with each other heavily. Mm. Even something that would be, I don't know, even like I'm trying to think of something that's like a, almost like everyone's playing their own solo game. Mm. Every time someone stands up and walks away, new people sit at the table. In essence, you're all still touching the same game pieces. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, you know, aren't usually as friendly being like wiped over again with Purell or anything, you know? <laughs> Cardboard does not like that. No, exactly. Oh, definitely. Well, definitely does not. I mean, plastic pieces a little bit better, but no, do you have to pull on gloves when you come to a demo? Or is there going to be, you know, the people moving the, the, the pieces for you? So it's like a game of chess at distance. You go... Horn Bishop to D6. I, I imagine that's how chess works. But yeah. <laughs> I can see a lot of angry people tuning out right now. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> how dare you no. miracle chess? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say chess is a bad game and everyone who likes it is, is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Yay! laughs> sorry, no. Isn't that the exact opposite that you said for uh, after watching the Queen's Gambit? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. The Queen's Gambit is great. I love chess. I'm a big chess fan. I'm so I'm gonna say I respect everyone, whether or not they enjoy chess, because I am a nice person. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Take taking the. I'll, I'll, I'll say the big truth. It. I'm terrible at chess. <laughs> I'll say That's what's really important. I'll, I'll say the big truth. I think I, th I thought chess was checkers for a very long time. <laughs> no. Well, that's what that's what big checkers doesn't want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, conspiracy. conspiracy theories are flying fast. I love it. Yeah. 
Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of which, guys, have you noticed how good the Wi-Fi has gotten since your vaccination? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, right. <laughs> Christ. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop. <laughs> I don't want to hijack this show. I don't want to be a Lukashenko uh, on you right now. <laughs> no, no, well, please. I mean, I'll use that to go jump, but to try to bring us back around. But mm. it's also, once again, annoying with the uh, – because I, I will say – Relatively speaking, for America, somehow we actually have a lot of vac- vaccinations that now. Well, mm-hmm. whether people are taking them or not is a whole other story. Mm. But we also are like, it's so annoying because then there's always this discussion like, are we going to have people like, you must show your card, mm. like to play or something, like that uh, you're getting the vaccine, that you've gotten it, and is that too much? Is that too little? And so it's just everything's still so far up in the air, even though this is, you know, this is, it's not like this is happening next week. There's still months ahead. Yeah. But, Unfortunately, we tend to move slowly as a population. We do. Yeah. It's um, well, I, I think that uh, that applies worldwide. I mean, you see in America here in here in Holland as well and Europe in general. I mean, it, there's a lot of questions, especially around my age generation as well. Do I get vaccinated or not? And a lot of people, the only reason they want to do it now is because it looks like if you want to travel through Europe or worldwide, you need to have a vaccine. And that's going to be one of the very few motivators for a lot of people, a lot of people which is yeah, bit of, a, bit of a shame. I I don't want to go down that road of discussion, but you know. no, yeah, that that is something I expect is going to be one of the a very big motivator for a lot of people. That says I want mm. to travel. Yeah, just like you know, if you go on any dating site, mm. there's I think a ninety percent chance someone saying, "I love traveling." Yeah, it, it just <laughs> seems to be if you want someone to do something. Get them to travel. Well, well, this is all essentially right because uh, the geography of the U.S. You guys can jump in the car and drive for eight hours and be barely in the middle of the country. If you jump in a car in Europe, Europe, you drive eight hours. Hello, welcome to Russia, comrade. You know, oh, okay. So, so traveling's more of an imperative because the borders are so much closer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. very different situation. Very, yeah. Uh, if you if you were in Indiana right now, just you just happened to live there, like travel's not an issue. Would mm-hmm. you would you be prepped and ready to go to like what how what would your your booth look like? Do you think if you were at Gen Con this year? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and and to be honest, Gen Con is high on my wish list of things to to get to eventually. Um, the booth yeah. would look its magnificent self uh, as always. So much flair and panache. Um, those that you listening, if you go onto facebook.com forward slash bar pig game, one word, you can see some of the old pictures of how we look, how our booth looked like at Spiel. It'll look like a tavern, medieval tavern. We've got our own homemade fold out bar. There'll be barrel tables there, stools, lots of people having fun, running around, laughing, you know, sitting down, having a chuckle. We'll be giving up free shots of some obscure liquor illegally probably but that's us uh also <laughs> some equally obscure but just as delicious non-alcoholic berry juice because we do that too apparently uh yeah and it would really be like a little kind of you know cozy fun place to sit down and play the game and if you just want to sit down and you know rest your laurels as we like to say you're welcome to you don't you don't have to sit down and play our game you just chill out as well because it's, it's all about the atmosphere of feeling welcome and having fun of your mates so Hold, yeah. hold on. There's something missing from that description. I just want to know if it was just assumed it's going to be there. Mm. Will there be any squeaky pigs? <laughs> you mean Jessica? Oh, my. <laughs> Hang on. Where's mine? Where's mine? Literally. As he gropes in the box of literally 5,000. Here. Hang on. You ready? You ready? It's, here comes a massacre. 
There we go. <laughs> we've just we've just <laughs> deafened every listener. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Wow, <laughs> deaf by Jessica. Jessica. Worth <laughs> it. De- deaf by Jessica. <laughs> deaf by Jessica. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's 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 for the best. I, I you know yeah. I, I wish that I, I want the future. I want the world where that booth uh, can exist without mm-hmm. any issues this year. I, it, it is going to be very interesting. I am wondering, like my in my head, I kind of picture maybe it'll just be people explaining, like demoing a game, as in literally one person touches it and just shows you how it works. Mm-hmm. But no, you're not going to actually sit down. Although it sounds like there will be some companies who will have sit down demos it seems like there's going to be a lot of booths where that's just not as much of a thing which is going to be very interesting not for attendees and also personally for us as like people covering the show is usually i mean 90 percent of what we do there is play demos that's all we do Uh, so i i don't even it's going to be very strange i don't know if we're just going to have like we're just going to walk around after one day and be like we've seen it all i i I, (laughs) I think what actually might happen, Jonathan, is I think you and I will might have actually an unfair advantage. There could be more likely that, you know what? We're only going to have a demo that press people can sit down and play. Oh, because that will only be a maybe. handful of people. That'll be it. And of course, they'll, they'll only invite the reviewers because you got to clean the pieces afterwards and stuff. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's the case. And I, I, I don't mean that to be like, yeah, we get to do that because it's because <laughs> you want other people, everyone to talk about it. But mm. I, I, that's at least one way I could imagine them going outside sure. of my original idea, which is I almost thought it would be a tour. Mm. Like they'd actually let, uh, you know, 20 people in, but you'd follow someone around the booth, yeah. like each booth and take a path. But. Uh, you know, um, also listening, uh, listening to those prospects and stuff, all I can think of as, as a developer myself is, uh, well, you know, not being able to play the game myself. You? Yuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Respectfully. Um, no, the, one of the best joys of gaming, of course, is to sit down and play it yourself. And I think yeah. it's, I understand why a lot of publishers now are, you know, they're pulling out or they're not sure they're doing it. It's interesting. I, yeah. Go. Yeah. I just, I also imagine the publishers who, whether stay or going, mm-hmm. are probably thinking, for example, and not to pick because I do love all their stuff, AEG, mm-hmm. their storefront is probably going to feature things like the new Marvel Smash Up mm-hmm. or the Goblin Smash Up pack, you know, things yeah. that, aren't a new game you know these things yeah. like the expansions are, and you we're know probably going to see expansions right yeah. shine exactly because that's going to be the things yeah and also like oh this is my chance to buy it yeah and also like the uh, uh the complete uh, dead giveaways so if, if, if any of these companies are going to kickstarters they're definitely going to use those skills to kind of pull people um, over the threshold into that purchase yeah for sure it's it's interesting we've actually um booked ourselves up for spiel this year mm-hmm. So fingers crossed, hopefully by then Europe has finally worked their SHIT out. <laughs> we can get a pretty normal convention going. That's my hope at least. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because like you just said, um, I mean, it's technically here with the different state rules too, but you, you aren't just wondering how is the vaccination going in Germany where Spiel is. You also be like, well, anyone can get there relatively easy. Yeah, exactly. So we do need to worry more about that. Exactly. So. That's exactly the case. Yeah. Um, I actually saw on uh, social media, I'm trying to think which platform it was, you know, nowadays everything seems to merge into one, uh, but someone actually posted, um, 
something apparently happened last year, oh, two years ago with Gen Con, I thought it was a really good idea that someone was giving out different colored armbands that you could choose and wear. Uh, I have a red, yellow, or green, and it denotes how close uh, you're, you are with personal contact. So mm. uh, red would be... I've seen stuff like that yeah. before, yeah. And it's, it's, so, so red would basically mean, uh, no, stay the hell away. Um, I don't want your ugly germs or your face in my face. Uh, and obviously for COVID, that's the reason why. Um, uh, that sounded really mean, I realized. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be funny. It came out mean. I do apologize. Um, yellow means, well, you know, happy to play, but please keep distance. We, we don't shake hands or high five. We uh, elbow bump. And then green means hug the death out of me because I'm happy with human contact. I'm okay with it. So, yeah. You see, I like that. And I'm sure in a very logical, sensible situation that would work. Mm. But <laughs> at least over here, mm. I imagine a very loud probably minority would be like how dare you make me have to make that choice and let know and just yeah there's always like, somebody <laughs> okay so then you put uh, so you put a, a gray armband down which means ask me first <laughs> there you go yeah. i'd probably be a, i feel like i'm a yellow right now yeah. probably a yellow <laughs> um uh i i had my astrazeneca jab last week thursday and uh in about three weeks time i'm going to be the biggest shade of green you've ever seen Mine's a mood ring. It changes. <laughs> All good options. Well, we'll we'll find out. We'll find out in September. And I, like I said, I'm sure we're going to be talking more about this as more more developments come. It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, let's talk about a game that was on Kickstarter and was designed based on a video game called Prison Architect. And this game is called Prison Architect Cardboard County Penitentiary. And the premise is that you are all prison wards, wardens, excuse me, and you are competing to see who can take best care of their prisoners. Hmm. Uh, and you, you know, you are trying to rehabilitate them, feed them, etc., uh, work to manage your prison better than everybody else. And the designers of this game, uh, David Tertsey, I'm not 100% sure how his last name is said, mm. uh, as well as uh, Norley Lubbers. Oh, he's Dutch as well. Sorry. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he is actually the designer. He's he's done a few uh, fairly big games uh, like uh, Tekhenu, Obelisk of the Sun, mm-hmm. uh, and a handful of others that I'm sure people have probably heard of before. Mm. Uh, K- Kitchen Rush. There's some more. But... There was some backlash to this game as, you know, prison is a sensitive subject and some people thought maybe it was making light of the issues and they came out and have basically disavowed the game, completely distanced themselves from it, said, we made a mistake. Um, This isn't in the best taste. We don't want to offend anybody, even though we we had, you know, we were trying our best. We were trying very hard to make sure that it was inclusive and sensitive and not taken as comedic and all these things. At the end of the day, we've decided it's just not worth the, the, the struggle of it and possibly hurting someone. So they have like given up all their rights to royalties. They've asked the publisher to remove their names from the box. If you look at Board Game Geek right now, uh, it just says uncredited. It doesn't even list uh, designer or artist for this. Wow. So they've totally removed themselves from it. Um, 
I'm gonna. I'm probably. I'm probably gonna introduce every story when I uh, address you, Jono, as mm-hmm. as a developer, because mm-hmm. that's that's <laughs> the thing. But as someone who is a who has designed games, is this? I, what do you think about this? Would you? I guess. What do you think in general about you know the idea of kind of touchy subjects in games? And is this something that you would ever? Is there a scenario where you could see yourself having to do this for any reason? Well, let's unpack this, shall we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, lot. a lot here. Um, and it's it's uh, a little sidebar. I've actually very sneakily opened up the Kickstarter page, and they've uh, PSC Games even taken off the Kickstarter as well. They just put a message down saying, um, uh, "We're listening to backers. We done we done bummed up, and it's gone." I'm trying to get the Wayback Machine to show the previous campaign because mm. we all know the internet is forever. Um, right, <laughs> but l- l- looking at this, I also understand the developer's position as well when they first put it together. I mean, the artwork I've seen, it looks cute, it looks you know, kind of fun, and it, it of course is based on a digital game. Uh, but here's the thing yeah. um, there's a lot of sensitivities that are localized that extend themselves globally when you start looking at global markets. Um, good friends of ours, the guys who uh, from Black Box Adventures, they had uh, they had a Kickstarter successfully passed and are currently in development for Adventures in Neverland, a Peter Pan themed game. And uh, what they ran into is another good example of this. One of the um, cards, uh, like you know, NPC characters in the game, is the mermaids from the uh, the original folklore uh, folklore. You know, Story. Sorry, story, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, and their artist had drawn this beautiful mermaid, uh, absolutely gorgeous line art and everything else, uh, beautiful coloring, and she had her nipples exposed. And the ruckus it caused. <laughs> the ruckus it caused. The, the art needed to be amended. I remember talking to them about this and going, you know, but here's the thing, here in, in Europe and in, in Holland, you know, nude beaches, uh, whatever. If you go to an, an adult sauna, no one's wearing swimmers. You go nude, you know. But I know in the UK, in Australia, speaking as half Australian, that's a different thing, mm. you know. And also in the US, it's a different thing. You can't show your nipples off. You can't have the Janet Jackson uh, wardrobe failure. Right. Um, so the Janet Jackson uh, mermaid card was quickly uh, corrected in the end. They decided to go down that path. But it was, uh, for me at that stage as a developer, a really good reminder for our game, what we do in the future. we got to think two or three times. And if we do come across something that seems to be heading towards a direction like that, we've got to be very concerned about what we want to achieve by doing it. Um, but then something like this, I mean... Yeah, the prison system in the US, that's been a source of contention for a long time. I mean, there's an entire series on Netflix about it, uh, or uh, Orange New Black, you know? Right. Um, but that feels worlds away when you compare it to, you know, your own locale. And uh, the, the designer, um, uh, David, I, I believe looking at his profile on Board Game Geek, he looks like he's from Leiden and also in Holland. And for instance, here, the prison system, it's it, it, its not an issue of contention. The maximum jail sentence you can ever get here is 16 years. If you kill someone, then, yeah, you actually go through psychological tra- uh, follow-up and tracking and everything. And, you know, your, your life, they keep an eye on you for the rest of your life, for sure. But we don't have death penalties. We don't have lifetime incarceration. So the discussion is very different. They don't even use prisons for um, paid labor and stuff. That's not part of the equation. So if you take that background for this designer and you apply a game which is about, oh, let's, you know, make a cute prison. It's, I mean, 
I was actually reading this article and what I thought straight away was maybe pull back and, you know, reskin it with it's the naughty corner in a kindergarten, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Or, or I, Yeah. But yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. It's, it's funny. We're actually, we ourselves are heading to our next um, expansion right now, which is in the works. And the more I read about this, the more I, realize we got to be careful of what we come across as well. Um, and I'm going to give an example right now and probably burn my finger, fingers on this one. Um, <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> burn them up. Burn them up. Get them hot. The internet's forever. Uh, <laughs> one of the original um, character names we came up with long ago, and we thought about reintroducing this in the expansion, is the Sakurai. As in, not a samurai, but a Sakurai. Yeah, hey, cute. You know, mm -hmm. Japanese influences in character. And then his challenge called Kamasaki on a roll. And I read that now going, ooh, ooh, I think I need to change that, you know? Hmm. Because it does feel like misappropriation straight away. But again, if if we do it, we gotta we got to make sure we do it with intent. And what's the reason for doing it? It's, it's the reason right now is that it sounds a little bit funny. It's related to the challenge itself, but the fallback of that is people might feel offended by it because it is making a quite slight at the, uh, um, the action of Kamikaze, which is not a laughing matter at all. So right. yeah, that's a great example, which I can bring up right now, which was on the drawing board for, uh, um, what do you call it? Review. Hmm. But then again, after all that, let me just finish the little concluding thought and I'll leave it over to you guys again. I do think um, what's been called cancel culture, and I hate giving things words like that, is it's, it's simply people have a voice now, finally, and that's a good thing. But having a voice also means you need to be able to listen. And I just I wish people would also use that listening a bit more because your voice is important. And so is someone else's. And I think if we all use our voices, we listen to each other, and then we finally find out what the issue is and we get better. So, you know, it's one side to scream, it's the other side to also pause and listen to the other side's position. Yeah. I think very well said. Thank yeah, you. it's, uh, it's, I, I feel, I think similarly to you on this, all this, anytime these things come up, and I'll also even make a comparison to something from a couple of weeks ago that we discussed on our uh, bonus podcast, Patreon exclusive mm -hmm. for all you listeners out there, um, <laughs> which was, I don't know if you caught wind of this um, uh, Bruno Faiduti talking about drinking um, alcohol on Twitter. I won't get into it, but uh, it, it, he got a lot of backlash for what he, what he said about alcohol. And um, like you say about, you know, the cultural differences uh, he is, French and from France. Oh, and I wow. think that, you know, a lot of the, the attitudes towards alcohol is very different in Europe in general. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. than in America. Yeah. Um, and, and that, yeah. In France, children, uh, children get like a little glass of wine once in a while, uh, during a special right. family occasion stuff, you know, and it's, just, it's whatever it's fine. Yeah. That's what so, yeah. Cult cultural difference is definitely something to take into account. It's, mm. but it's, you know, it's a tricky, it's, I'm very conflicted about a lot of these things. I always feel like, you know, of course, like, yeah, no one should get hurt, but I also, you know, you don't want to, uh, you know, the, the problem is that there's like a large contingent of people who I strongly disagree with who are, who are against this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's very, it, it's like a very fine line to walk to want to be like, 
well, you know, be don't like be be careful about which things we're we're yelling about. But I don't I don't want anyone to misconstrue and think I'm also on the side of the people who I think are bad people saying these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is a complicated way of me saying uh, I just don't know, and it's a tough subject. But uh, mm. Will, what do you think about about prison architect in particular? Any of this? Well, this is it's an interesting situation in terms of like this isn't out of the blue. First of all. Uh, this is, as we said, based on a video game, which, by the way, I was curious about. And I looked up, and from what I can tell, they released all the for the video game. The people who made that were also all non-U.S. based mm-hmm. companies. Mm-hmm. Another thing, just to bring up with the uh, cultural thing. But in the examples, you know, we talked about with both the Mermaid and the Sakurai. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, Sakurai. Yeah, <laughs> both of those are one component of the piece mm. right when this is everything so mm. like when you have something like that and this is one going back to our previous podcast you also hire those you know those cult uh <clears throat> those um cultural consultants <laughs> is you're more likely to be like i missed that because i put on one thing and i'm not constantly looking at that mm. but for a lot of people they're like this entire game you can't not be thinking about prisons yeah. because that's literally what you're always looking at yeah so I understand there's a lot of different cultural differences. And, you know, I want to also point out that I know as an American, we tend to be a bit more self-centered than most in terms of, no. especially if you look at news. No, I mean, have you, have you met the Australians but, yet? <laughs> <laughs> We're the Texas of the Antipodeans. <laughs> That's not a terrible, but what, Texas is lovely, a lot of Texan friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to you know when you're putting your thing on on like kickstarter and especially if you're gonna go in english which you know is gonna mm-hmm. the whole reason you're putting something in english is because you, not only are you assuming you hit the american market but you're, you're assuming you're hitting multiple markets yeah. i think that's usually the case mm-hmm. is you gotta be ready and expect okay is there something from one place or another that should be that we need to understand mm-hmm. and i think that's something that just needs to be taken care of and that's why i i I appreciate what the designers did Mm. in their apology and i like it there's one thing though i want to point out that i do want to focus on that rubbed me a little bit the wrong way was when they talked about it was okay that when a video game did it because first of all i understand that's actually why they first looked at but they talk about how it's different with video games because it's a different medium because you're playing alone and in my head i'm like but it's not. If I don't like, the, if you don't like the prison system, it's not because I don't like it as a board game. Yes, there are certain things that work better in different mediums. Jonathan, I'm sure you even more so, or since you're better at like taking breaking apart movies and video games than I am, talk about why something would work there in a movie, not a video game or a book. But a theme, I don't think is something like this theme only, like prison, prisons only work in video games because that's where it's okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That that was the one thing about the apology I wasn't like just because board gamers we all sit down and play with each other well, doesn't think... mean certain <laughs> yeah, things the... work or not. Like a solo, we still have solo modes, yeah, right. And video True. games still have multiplayer modes. Mm. So I ju- I just wanted to point out that was something in the apology. The one thing in the apology I felt like it's it's a little crutch crutchy to me. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think the point they were trying to make is that I, I think I think you, I I see where you're coming from. I think is that it, like with a video game, you can buy it or not buy it, 
and it's kind of more up to you. Whereas I guess whether or not all board games are this, I guess the kind of game they did want to make was the kind that you could take to a cafe or a convention and like say, hey, come sit down and play this and invite a community to it. And I think that's where they ran into the the issue of there's there a good portion of people might just see it on the table and just be repelled by it. Yeah, I think that's kind of the the division that they're making. Yeah, I think um, I'm 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 on my namesake sign on this one. Sorry, Will, the Johns win. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, like I yeah, that um, I I get your point, Will. For sure, there is there's a lot of overlap in between uh, tabletop and uh, digital gaming for sure and yeah it, it's it doesn't really feel like it gels just by saying oh it's a different medium therefore it's easier to get a get away with this i feel like i'm ad-libbing but i'm not so don't take my ad-lib for this but i do also feel there there is a, a nugget of truth in there i mean a lot of famous games were only possible on digital uh, format because you could do it in the secrecy of your own home think about you know the famous one was gta and before that, even, I remember, I remember as a kid, there was all a ruckus about one of these games that come out where you drove a car around, you run over people before GTA. Mm-hmm. Um, another even better example, I recently, through sources unknown, came across a little mobile game that was kickstarted called Robin Morningwood. Mm-hmm. And me as a gay man will tell you, I do talk about it with my gay friends, but not my colleagues. <laughs> and I play it very happily in quiet solitude because, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, it's it's funny and I've shut it off to my boyfriend and stuff like that, but it's not something I would show off in a convention. Because right, is, and I get what yeah. you guys are, are saying, and I'm not trying to disagree at all. I just mm-hmm. feel like if there is something, and obviously, like I said, mechanics-wise is a whole other issue. Mm-hmm. There are certain things video games can do mechanically versus board games. But if there is a theme, and not because whether it's something you want to keep because there are things that are personal, like we all say, or that, you know, I don't want to go over the, all, even like something that, let's say, Transformers. I don't want to <laughs> probably go over all the time with Jonathan because I know he doesn't like them. You know, this is not the, anything you bring more it up every what, episode. No, sorry, what is wrong with you, John? Goodness <laughs> gracious. Wait, are we talking I like, eight? yeah. I like a transformer now. He and likes again. it, but not as much as I, he's not. He does not want to be pelted like I do. Please tell me he has opinions on mask as well, right? Because don't he dare? Oh my god, mask! <gasps> I've not heard those words in a long. I can time. tell you, I have no opinions on mask. <laughs> Good, great. But I guess when, like, I think the problem yeah, you is add this a is not in front of that. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but what if you add? child of in front of that the <laughs> that's, son, that's son of let's it sorry. is gendered in that title um, no. <laughs> sorry kidding cheese <laughs> uh-oh and this uh, the video game was released earlier too then that's the other thing mm. that was it 20, 2015 i think well that's uh, that's an important yeah, uh, so. distinction to make as well because so much has changed in five years and you know yeah for the better in some ways as well for sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I was just saying the theme should, like, if someone, if there is a problem with the theme, I don't know how much of it. I think I, what you're saying is, like, in a vacuum, there shouldn't, we shouldn't feel like any theme could only be done mm-hmm. in one way or another. Mm. That, which I, which I think, I think I, uh, um, essentially agree with. I wonder if it's a shame they couldn't have reworked this to be, like, I think the real problem with it was that, 
it, it played it, I guess, more or less very straight. And I almost wish they maybe could have tweaked it to be maybe if it was somewhat satirical. So it was or mm. somehow acknowledging like these yeah. issues. Yeah, exactly. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's funny you mention that because it, it brings but that's been thought on the back of my head the entire time as well. Like, it, well, I mean, at least for myself and uh, my friends, Lee and Lanisha to help out with Barpig. We, we always also we want to make sure we do something with our games that kind of push things forward to more inclusiveness and diversity and like after hours we, we focus on having uh, different gender characters more often and we've got a couple other games in the back of our heads which is done into prototyping which are doing exactly that it puts the discussion out there but it also puts it out there with the purpose of showing how it's okay to be done like that mm-hmm. so and i feel yeah. as a Vulcan designer your your game is supposed to be played with other people it's supposed to be played with people seeing a stuff and it's you know go for it you know step 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 your game up and talk about those issues make them make them talkable comedy is is a great way to make things approachable and board games are as well and if you combine the two of them yeah good idea yeah it's a it's a tricky thing but if done well it can be good and Mm. I, i do i do respect the designer's choices mostly just for just like the 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 to be bold enough to for a game that I'm sure they worked on for years to just say for the purposes of integrity and it's the right thing to do, we're just going to completely step off this project. Like mm, that's exactly whether, whether you agree with their reasoning or not, it's like, that's a, that's a bold decision to make. Yeah, so for sure. For sure. Right. And you know, they were probably, and I think one of the reasons why they got, they started this initially because of the video game did pretty well at me, at least according to the Wikipedia, 19 million in sales. So, you know, they're probably thinking like, oh, this will be, it'll do well. We'll get our names out and then we can do our own things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, a, you know, uh, I, I, I do not blame them for how things yeah. come out, but I think they made, I think, uh, the right choice in the end and apologize and deal with the mistake that they made. So what also gets me uh, in the apology as well is it, I've, I feel like they did kind of also want to make the step towards we can do this, we can do this and we can make it okay. And I think it just backfired because maybe they just underestimated the backlash. That's what it really feels like. Yeah. And yeah, that's sometimes that's what happens, but hopefully with this and I, um, I think overall considering where this could have gone, they reacted reasonably and I am excited to see hopefully what else comes from this. And, you know, depending on what happens, I mean, we said, like you said, uh, the kindergarten quarter, there are mm-hmm. always, usually there are ways we can be clever mm-hmm. to change the theme of something. Mm-hmm. You know, if there is like, this is still a really great mechanic, whatever it is. I actually have not even looked at the Kickstarter, so I don't even know how the game plays. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, we see reskinning of things all the time. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> For for the better or worse of them, don't mention Monopoly. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't going to. Thank God. Have, have, have you guys thought about maybe reaching out to David and inviting him over as well? Because it'd be interesting to hear his position as well. We should. Yeah, we should. Mm-hmm. We should definitely do that. Um, well, let, let's move on hmm. to lighter and stupider news. <laughs> M- much less worth substantial discussion. Uh, it was announced that Games Workshop is going to be starting their own streaming network dedicated to Warhammer, the Warhammer miniatures series called Warhammer Plus. So now you've got 
your Netflix, your Hulu, your Amazon Prime, your HBO Max, your Disney Plus, and your Warhammer Plus. It's just it's just right in there. Uh, it is going to include various animated series, uh, which it sounds like are mostly going to be comprised of the Warhammer 40k universe, but there will also be some from the more fantasy geared Warhammer uh, characters and settings. And they have tapped some people from YouTube, some people from content makers who are already doing animated Warhammer stuff before this. Uh, some of them are looks like are 2D. Some of them are CGI. Uh, this is set to launch in July, and it is going to be like a regular app that you should be able to find on most of your smart devices as well as in your internet browser. Uh, I don't, Jono, are you are you a Warhammer person or and or what do you think about the idea of a streaming service that is just dedicated to one game series? Well, uh, I'm not a Warhammer fan. Um, I never got into it. I'm fascinated by the miniatures and absolutely love what people do with them. Uh, a good friend of mine actually is a Warhammer fan, has incredibly large, uh, uh, big opinions about uh, what they were like and what they do now and what they could do now. <laughs> so I know how contentious Warhammer fans can be. Um, my political response is, that's a nice idea. My actual inside <laughs> response is, what, Netflix couldn't greenlight you? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. It's, it, it's smart. It's, 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 a, it's a smart move because uh, the, the thematic is... Um, it's definitely uh, very attractive, especially to sci-fi buffs like myself. Um, and I think I'd like to watch a few episodes, see how it is. But then I, I kind of, I'm really trepidatious about how good it's going to be. And, you know, I could compare it to, uh, please pay me money for this Netflix, uh, Castlevania, um, mm. you know, which is a great adaptation of that digital game in this case. But a really good story, really well done animation stuff. It's a wonderful thing to watch. And I know those kind of, adaptations from the game base don't come often so i hope i hope for their sake it works out because if it does it'd be really powerful to get a lot more people into the fold because you know, it's it basics warhammer is war game it's you know that's why it's been around so long plus money uh but <laughs> <laughs> you know it makes the walk around um but if it if it doesn't work out as well then it's just really for the fanboys and girls and well, that's fine if they want to make money out of it, but I really wonder what the cost of operation will be compared to the uh, earnings end of it. So I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see how this one pans out. Yeah, we we don't have a price as of yet. They haven't announced how much it's going to cost, or even I don't know even really what the model is going to be. If it will be a monthly or yearly fee or or what have you. Well, what would be what's the price point that would get you to subscribe to the? Is there a, a price point that you would go? Yeah, I'll sign up for the Warhammer Plus service. You know, me? Mm. Uh, either one of you. <laughs> well, you first. Well, it's interesting because I know they say that they were they pretty much got a lot of people because Warhammer at least forty k. I haven't seen much on the fancy side has a huge fan base on YouTube, mm. like doing these crazy videos that mm. I've seen. Like they're short, you know, they're only like a few minutes long. And it sounds like they got some of them for that and mm. hopefully a bigger budget. And so, you know, I'd be curious and at least like, yeah, you know what? If it's like five to seven, I'll do that. And if I don't like it after a month, probably cancel. Mm. But the other weird thing I wanted to point out is if you've ever looked at how Games Workshop has handled their properties before, it's almost the exact opposite of this. Mm. They've never been like, we're going to make it so you have to go through Nintendo. 
the, the way about did before, like we will live our give our property to everyone. Mm. I don't care. You just take it, do your thing. Mm -hmm. So there are tons of Warhammer 40k video games out there, mm -hmm. and that's worked very well for them. But now that's the exact. It's, it's like we're doing everything here, In -house. which yeah, yeah, it's odd, but also I get because even you know. No one here, like we just gone over, is a heavy war. No one here owns their, you know, Warhammer 40k army. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, you don't know that. that but... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you said you weren't a fan, so I just assumed. I'm, I'm, I apologize if I mean, you have your, I mean, your orcs just sweaty to. Well, uh... excuse me, just because I'm not a fan doesn't mean I have a kink. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine because think about how expensive those armies are. Mm. So if you already have those people who are dedicated. You know, yeah. that price, that monthly price tag probably won't be too bad. Maybe. Can, can the and question they're is, guaranteed to have right. almost every video geared toward them somewhat, you know. Right. Yeah. Can can you, can the service survive is the question on just those hardcore Warhammer fans? Because I will say for me, I mean, I have zero interest whatsoever in looking at any of this stuff. It mm -hmm. just doesn't really appeal to me. And I and I don't imagine it would for anyone who isn't a Warhammer fan. I mean, why would it? <laughs> it's for yeah, it's <laughs> it's got Warhammer in the title. Uh, so I want <laughs> I don't know if they can like how if they can sustain this for that long. I'm just I, I'm I'm not sure how how that works. If it, I I don't know either. <laughs> it feels like a lot of a, a, a lot of investment, a lot of work to to get that service up and running. And I'm another part of me thinks, well, why not partner with something like Patreon? You know, set up a Patreon, uh, set up agreement that oh, well, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll curate um, videos from for different YouTube uh, creators and stuff. We'll invite them to make things, and you just pay the Patreon two bucks, whatever it is. And then your feedback as a community as to what uh, stuff we put on there, we'll use that for the next month's uh, available videos and stuff, you know? And it, it saves you the trouble having to put up a platform, it involves the community, it puts those creators up in the spotlight where they belong. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I uh, scrolled through the comments of the article. Oh, oh those comments. And, oh, fun. <laughs> uh, and recently, well, because apparently i did not know this because all the videos i mentioned before i saw were a while ago that they it sounds like they might have actually had those fan animations taken down from youtube mm. so this sounds a little bit like uh we know they're popular so we're gonna make you pay for it mm -hmm. which that does sting a, that's a little different you yeah, know that's that's especially cool. if it's the exact same things they were, were yeah. already free i mean come on you know sorry <laughs> I, I got very emotional there <laughs> how well, dare they because the difference it sounded more like this is really weird niche but now they're hiring the people who made these videos which is good but now it's we're holding them hostage mm. yeah Damn. that could be an ugly side to this i i don't know i mean i just why not like you said with either with patreon or any any sir even youtube itself has like you know membership oh, yeah. options of and do, stuff. Yeah. like exactly why do you need to create your own it just seems very unnecessary to yeah. me <laughs> and he said in the beginning i think this could easily be a home on netflix i'm sure netflix would netflix is dying to get its own kind of stuff on yeah, there you know definitely especially because competition is um, stiff right now yeah mm -hmm. and considering you brought up castlevania huh. very violent i think the exact kind of violence you'd expect from Warhammer. Yeah. Very well received. Mm -hmm. You know, it was not, uh, like, down, as long as I think they avoid that really poor 3d animation that Netflix likes to use. <laughs> <it would> be <laughs> it. 
Oh, I love Look, that. It's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> it's it looks like it's missing half the frames. Yeah. It's yeah, cute shade and I love it. I live for it. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. We'll see in July when this thing launches if anybody decides to watch it and mm-hmm. maybe they'll let us know how it is. Um maybe that's what we need to do. Just wait until it crumbles and then it goes on Netflix. <laughs> Might happen. Real quick, before we get out of the news section, also just wanted to talk about Catan 3D Edition, which was just announced. This is a brand new fully 3D version of the original Catan game, or Catan as some people might say, uh, which includes, based on the actual hand-sculpted models made by Klaus Teuber himself, uh, little 3D sculpts for all your cities, roads, terrain pieces, right down to the little tiny sheep. And speaking of things that have a price attached to them that people may or may not be willing to pay, this is scheduled for an August release at the retail price of $300. Ooh. Um, anyone, any takers on this? Well, my my first question is how many little uh, little children hands have painted all those hand pieces before reduction? Oh, Sorry. no. <laughs> Sorry. I am very dark at times. Uh, wow. 300 bucks. Jeez. Yeah, I did not see the 300 when I looked at this. I'm like, you know, I'm not using 3D, but base katana is pretty good as is. And, you know, this looks pretty cute and cool and doesn't look too big. Yeah, but. You know, that was me thinking like, yeah, that, I would pay $50 yeah. for that. You know? <laughs> not, not six times the amount. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm totally on your team in this one, Will. Totally. It's it's cute. It's it's a nice it's a nice thing. And if, if you know you have friends that love katana, they have an old set which is from the you know, 1950s whenever it came out i don't know this sounds really dumb of me I'm, I, actually to be honest and this is going to shock a lot of people and you know be ready for everyone tuning out right now i have never played guitar wow yeah <laughs> i know stop the show <laughs> all right uh we're setting up 10 right we're now done. that's the rest of the podcast <laughs> thanks guys for having me i'm sorry i disappointed you goodbye <laughs> now you know how my parents feel <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Well, maybe hmm? yeah maybe this is the perfect <laughs> <laughs> this could be your way in yeah with the 300 that's your punishment you have to pay 300 dollars buy a bloody 3d set and i'm going to thank, <laughs> i'm going to uh, thank here klaus Teber himself and i go klausi danke it's beautiful <laughs> your hand painting skills are phenomenal uh. and i promise i'll play it tomorrow <laughs> I, it, I i definitely want to play it and i've i've got just got to find the right friend who has guitar and knows how to play it and then you know they can enjoy beating me fifty thousand times for i finally understand it but yeah <laughs> well if and when you ever make your way over here mm. we'll do that before we get to all the other fun stuff deal. there you go deal for sure it would be very interesting yeah just to hear your thoughts on it after you know yeah. Be, being in the industry and knowing its reputation yeah and a plan and go what i the, mean what the, what the f was this <laughs> i mean we we like obviously content was was one of our first ones but mm-hmm. i don't jonathan we there are what people call you know gateway games that we didn't play during the our gateway time mm-hmm. which is interesting when we go to them because we're like okay I, like why we see we like this or not and stuff so it is an interesting experience to visit these games mm-hmm. that you yeah. know everyone has said but it's not one you were when you didn't know about most board games exactly yeah no good point oh anyway so (laughs) let me uh 
Let me let me go pay three hundred dollars and feel better for the world. <laughs> <laughs> Add that to the cart. Yeah, it, it doesn't. I don't see anything either. It doesn't sound like this is going to be a limited edition or anything like that. So, but um, but maybe it is. Maybe that is part of the price. Is well, it also there's depends, only so many. Um, I, I guess it depends how how fast they can hand paint all that animated terrain. You know? <laughs> right. I that too. Gotta get off. I'm sorry, but hand. It's a machine. <laughs> it's gotta be a machine, right? I mean. Well, yeah, I believe it says it's like modeled after hand painted. Okay. So yeah. it, it yeah. could be one. Of the, I know I've seen um, with some other stuff. Sometimes it's like. 90% of it is machine and then there's like some final details. Oh yeah, that yeah. And, does and you got this thing. and you got the factory lines of all those people and the all that job that entire day is to put that little bloody paint nip right on the tip over there. And then comes the next one. Mm -hmm. And then I hope they do different games each day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sake, yeah. yeah Please put me on the Cthulhu game line today. Oh my Please god, yes. I mean, uh, respect for people that have to do that work because it is, yeah. But I guess you also get in the swing of things, right? You know, you have your mates, a bit of music on and stuff, a bit of a chat, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm sure they have a fun, healthy work environment like like every, like so many places in the world. <laughs> yeah, this is anyway. great at all. Thank you, China. What's up now? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm so inappropriate tonight. Oh. <laughs> on on that note, let's let's keep things under wrap. Let's go somewhere yeah. where there's no, no controversy ever whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to talk about some of the things we've been looking at in the world of crowdfunding. Oh, this one looks nice. It's nice. It's nice. This one, Kickstarter, Kickstarter. That's right. We're talking about crowdfunding projects on Kickstarter or otherwise. We'll start with you, Jono. Is there a project that you'd like to choose as your pick this week? Yes, I would. And uh, actually, just came. It, it dropped on my uh, inbox uh, doormat last uh, week. The guys from Think Twelve Games. They uh, produced uh, Dice of Crowns a while ago, and they've done different right. uh, different versions of this. Uh, game and it's actually uh, a really cute little game. I don't know if you guys know it at all, or I, I don't know if I do. What, what what's it called? Okay, it, it, sorry, it's called Dice of Crowns. The game. Oh, oh, oh I thought you were oh, saying that was yeah. something they did previously. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> uh, yes, it is something they did previously, and uh, uh... I'm scratching my head to remember what the current project is called. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I'll find it. I'll find it. Um, because it's I'm on the looking. same line of games and dice, dice, of dice of Dragons. There we go. That's what okay. it's called. So if you look up Dice of Dragons, all those of you at yeah. home as well, or uh, yeah, we'll have a link in the up, show I'll notes. Probably yeah. the link exactly, and you go, oh, where is it in the description? There it is. Um, it's the, the the concept of these games is really kind of cute. They've uh, everything fits in a small like little mint tin, if you will. It's it's super tiny. It's easy to take around with you. And as you guys know, with Bar Pig, we love that because our game does it too. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the original Dice of Crowns was um, a dice rolling with strategic kind of betting game to eventually win the crown. And then he had a Dice of Pirates, which changed the mechanics slightly, but the base sets were the same. And Dice of Dragons has taken a step further. So I actually have character cards that you can have and uh, different points awarding and a bit of uh, leveling up as well as you go along. So it, it really looks kind of cute and interesting. And I just you know saw it, and I know Dice of Crowns is a great little game. It's so great that last time I brought it to um, a, a gaming group to play with people, it went walkabout. And I don't have it back yet, ever. <laughs> and I'm so sad because it was such a fun game. 
So of course I went and reordered the pack. Give me the dice of dragons plus dice of crowns again. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm sure someone else uh, accidentally took it with them or got packed it somewhere else, and someone else is enjoying it, which is a good thing. So yeah, it looks fun. I can definitely recommend this one. It's, it's it won't put you far uh, out of pocket. I think the uh, what is it? Yeah, it's 15 bucks. The base game. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it now, and yeah, not familiar with the with the original title, but mm. uh, like you, I'm definitely a fan of games that are small. Mm-hmm. There's something very fun. Also, I just think it's interesting as a from a design perspective to uh, see what what designers can come up with within the limitations of only a, a limited or s- literally small mm. versions of components. Exactly right. In- Instead of being like, we've included 200 more minis that won't fit inside the box. Yeah, all right. Calm down, Gloomhaven. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I do this because I'm jealous. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. You see, what we need now, and Isaac, if you're listening, is we need the Bar Pig Gloomhaven crossover. <gasps> when you play as the Bar Pig characters yes. in a Gloomhaven style campaign. That's yes. what I'm waiting for. Oh, fantastic. Well, I've um, I've already had some of the Barpy characters change over Dungeon Dragons character sheets by our friend Rick Veckel of Veckel Fantasies. Uh, he does a podcast and uh, role-playing games. So uh, look up Veckel Fantasy. If you guys like, I'll send you guys the links. You can share it if you want as well. I'm just plugging a friend because I'm friendly. Uh, but yeah, we could definitely uh, talk to Isaac about um, having the Pintess as a feature character in Gloomhaven. <laughs> I, I don't see why i, I, I want to play as that board. yeah yeah <laughs> everyone wants to play as that <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so that is dice of dragons mm-hmm. uh on kickstarter will what you got give me a pick all right so i am gonna go with fall of the mountain king mm. this is actually one of the a prequel to the very well-received Hall of the Mountain King. Mm -hmm. In the original Hall of the Mountain King, you play as the trolls reclaiming your mountain. This is how it fell, where you play as the trolls who are already in their mountain, and of course those dastardly gnomes are are coming to invade it. Now, this does have a solo, but it also has a competitive against each other. Pretty much you are going to be defending different spots, and you actually have to... They, they call it arranging your heritage, I think, or your family your family line with these cards of overlapping symbols. And by placing symbols next to each other, you can put cubes on there to get powerful effects. By, but by placing the cubes on there, symbols that weren't next to each other are now next to each other. So it becomes this really cool, complicated Ooh. pattern of like interacting symbols. I mean, like, okay, I can get the influence symbols next to each other, but if I do the hammer symbols first... Now they're next to each other to me. Next turn, I can get a strong influence turn. Mm-hmm. So it has uh, this really fun cascading effect. Yeah. That I think would be really enjoyable. And of course, there's these crazy miniatures and these strong <laughs> heroes you can uh, uh, have join your cause as well. Come on, miniature so, army. <laughs> you got to love it. I do. I do. But I, so I will cute. say at the very least, this is a, I really do enjoy when it comes to miniatures that a lot of others do. They're colored. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a small thing, but to me, I really like it. It's one of the things that I love about Cthulhu Wars because it's not just you, you don't have to feel bad about them being unpainted. Like they're yellow. Mm-hmm. I'm the yellow player. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and of course, like I said, coming from the extremely popular game, this is one I think you're going to at least want to know about. And I also am 
I gotta agree and love the gnomes being uh, the evil because gnomes are villainous. <laughs> I do not do that. Since my World of Warcraft days. Do you know what a gnome is? Colon Dutch. Oh boy, what are they called? Kabouter. Kabouter. And that sounds sinister. It does, and it gets better. There's a um, a Belgium kids show about a gnome called Kabouter Plop. <laughs> oh wait, I think I'm. <laughs> I feel like I need to send you a link for this too. <laughs> That's going on my list. All kinds of new things. All kinds of new things. Yeah. No, they uh, they had like a little um, a little uh, kids because uh, it's a kids show. Their little song and it got remixed into a um, yeah one of these bar hopping songs that a bunch of drug adults listen to and run around <laughs> listening to. So I'll, I will send you all that fun stuff, yes. I mean, in this day and age, I feel like half the songs people sing now are just like the Pokemon theme song now. <laughs> like, we're, we're just wanting to sing all our kids' songs again. We, we've come back around. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, have, I go out sure. to the bar and I'm singing Baby Shark. That's my no, number one. No, no, no. That's that's. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, it's after a couple of drinks, you'll see. You'll you'll get into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's like Eurovision. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, that's right. right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fall of the Mountain King is that one? Like you said, sequel to Hall of the Mountain King, which I know a lot of people really, well, really loved. Hmm. For, well. Okay. <laughs> sure. Chronologically a prequel. Successor, we'll say. Pre-successor. Uh, to the original. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. oh, you know, we just, uh, don't, we won't, just won't talk about that game anymore. Uh, if you want to pick this up, though, <laughs> uh, the Kickstarter edition is going for $79. Hmm. And, of course, there's fun, uh, fun more stuff, as most Kickstarters are. Because mm-hmm. you could just get the kickstarter but there's always more there's always more there's always more um Mm. for my pick this week for an actual game i'm gonna go with this one called mechanical beast which i've been seeing getting some traction the idea is you have to go inside of a giant robot and try to rescue people from inside of it before it is like corrupted and explodes that Mm. kind of thing and the way this is simulated, so it's a one to four player game. It's cooperative. It says there's a competitive mode too. I don't know how that mode works, but it's a tile laying game. And each tile is just another room that's considered a part of the robot. You're moving your little meeples throughout it. And you're trying to find the workers and escort them out to the exit. Uh, but some of the tiles have gears on them and you can activate it to rotate all the tiles around it. Or sometimes a tile will close a door behind you. So your path is going to constantly be changing as you move throughout this place. And then once you uh, reach the end, you're trying to rescue these people, then it's going to start collapsing and tiles will be disappearing behind you. So you have to try to plan your route accordingly. So it's kind of an interesting um, puzzle style game. It looks very very simple to play my my concern is that maybe it's you know my sometimes with these tiling games it might be either feel too simple or too random if you just don't know which tiles are coming out where but uh it, it seems like the kind of thing that could be engaging and uh, for something that includes a solo mode i'm always interested in that it seems like a nice kind of anything that's very puzzly i think lends itself well to that sort of mm. uh gameplay mode 
I mean, um, uh, the thing which comes to mind straight away is you said there's also a competitive version. And I would imagine that is you have to make sure your fellow uh, players are locked inside the beast and are blown up with it. <laughs> Into <an> evil laughter. <laughs> um, but with that amount, even like changing rooms around the stuff, that's that's a fun mechanic. It, it's it's probably a little bit unwieldy when you're playing on a table, but you probably just get used to it. If they, if they make the cardboard for the tiles thick enough, that's all right, you know, because it's easy to pick up then. Well, they did unlock their first stretch goal, which was to upgrade the thickness of the tiles. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm going to be that person right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, not, let's be honest, not right now only. Uh, why is that a stretch goal? <laughs> Sorry. I think it, we've reached the stage of Kickstarter where it is my. I know a lot. I don't know about this company in particular, I guess, but I know often it will be. The stretch goals are things that they kind of expect to put in the game no matter yeah, what. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's, mm-hmm. you know. And it, it, um, yeah, we, I think we, it is we talked it about is. that a while back where the... You would know better than we probably. What, what, what do you call it? The um, <laughs> funding goal mm-hmm. now is not really the funding goal. No, that's uh, that's not been the case for a long time. We, we learned the hard way. We learned the hard way about that. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Uh, no, Kickstarter is, um, and I, I say this time and time again, and I'm going to get a lot of angry people, a lot of angry emails. Uh, forward it to info at barpig.eu. Uh, <laughs> be sure to put the letters S-P-A-M in the title subject. No, kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, it's it's marketing. And it's, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means you got to approach it as a company, as a publisher, you got to approach it from a marketing perspective. Kickstarter asks 10% of your earnings for as a commission plus uh, whatever the payment things are, and you get your game onto a huge community worldwide. And a massive contingent of that, uh, especially for English games, is the US, which, to be honest, is a huge board game market still. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I take back my earlier remark. I mean, as a first stretch goal, I'm seeing it now. Yeah, if you know what's going to happen, do it. And if you don't reach it, you can still make people happy saying, well, guess what? We managed to get a better deal, etc." You know, it's just it's positive marketing, really. Yeah. 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 It's the it's the world we live in now. It's the, how the industry operates pretty exactly. much. Yeah. Better or worse. But well, yeah, true. And I mean the, the for better is it means it's actually unlocked the industry for a lot of creators out there. Sure. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Um so that's the game is Mechanical Beast, yeah. uh, and it's uh twenty-four bucks, which includes nice. all those stretch goals. Wow uh, from side room games. Yeah, so how about that? Yeah, pretty. I mean, it's it's just it's tiles and some meeples. You know, there's not much um, going on there. I also want to highlight uh, one other project that I I liked, which was it's this is very much the kind of thing that I feel like if Will, if you didn't see this, it's the kind of thing you would. I want to say one other thing I wanted to point out for you. <laughs> very is it the Bard Chronicles? It is not. So oh, okay. I will quickly say mine after. Uh, the Bard Chronicles is a Dungeons and Dragons rap album. And I do not know uh, d- d- the guy. The guy's name is Dizzy Roseblade. I mean, that's obviously a pseudonym. <laughs> I don't know his real name, uh, but he is a rapper, a filmmaker, and a D and D player. And I, I he, his intro video for the Kickstarter is also a rap song. The idea is it's like a concept album of a narrative story in the world of D and D over the course of eleven songs. And uh, the intro was pretty good. The rap was pretty good. And if you back this for a dollar, you get a digital copy of the music. So wait, what's hard this, to, what's this called again? This magic this is called the Bard Chronicles. And um, you know something. You know the the nerdcore rap thing 
sometimes I like it. Sometimes it, it's it's a fine line before it becomes maybe a little embarrassing as someone who's a <laughs> fan of nerdy things and yeah. rap music. But uh, this sounds kind of good. So that's that's oh, what I'll this shut up. Is fun. No, I love it. I live for it. Yeah, this, <laughs> you're right, Jonathan. I did see this, and this is the kind of things I do like because more of just even as you said, if even if you don't like it, the more it happens. Just the more board games or just in general things, I think the better, the more we not like, sure, we have board games, but the more we see board game apparel, music, yeah, shows, fun, yeah. things like that. It just, you know, it's it's just nice to be able to, I want everything board game. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's it, it's also community. Except policies. I do not want a monopoly policy. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to shut up this time around. <laughs> <laughs> We I'll said let, we wouldn't bring up Monopoly. We said we wouldn't. Um, thank you. Hi, Hasbro. Nice to only for that story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but it, it's 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 fun for the community and stuff. You know, it builds community up and stuff, and I, I like that as well because it, it's it's in really good fun. You know, that's the idea behind it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm yep. gonna get my dollar. It gonna make me holla. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what just happened, but I loved it. Um, what was the other one that you wanted to so, bring up, Will? This one was mostly just for you, because as <laughs> you recall in our D&D campaign, you mentioned, because I have kept been like, oh, I'm collecting all these monster parts. You're like, well, you, there isn't really crafting. That's not a thing in D&D. You don't just make better weapons. It's <laughs> Helena's Guide to Monster Hunting, which has tracking, hunting, and crafting from monsters. Mm. So this so is for you, for me. Yes, it's uh-huh. a gift I will buy for you, for me. Oh, it's only seven months of Christmas, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but so if you're anyone out there like me, this is probably something you want to get, whether you are the DM or the player, to be like, look, this is the kind of thing. And there, by the way, many cute pins of monsters and stuff. So it's go. got a lot going for it besides simply just the rules. Um, I hate to, I mean, I don't want to, I want to wrap this segment up before too long, but there's, we, we got to mention there's the new expansion for the Binding of Isaac game, which right, that, I think it's almost at 2 million now. It's over 2 million. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the Binding wow. of Isaac video game. Haven't, have never played the card game, but, um, I've never played anything Binding of Isaac. Who yeah. is, sorry, who is this Isaac? Why, why is he binding things? That's a mystery that. We may never know. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I um, I do know it, but never played it. But I'm wow, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I mean, that's well, a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, going going back to the discussion about Gen Con, this is probably one of those games that if it was at the booth of Gen Con, you don't have to play it; you're just gonna buy it because it's it's oh uh, yeah, you know, uh, it has its um, history, fame, fame to it. Words are difficult today. <laughs> yeah, I, I accept both. There's also this uh, one I, I want to mention too. This RPG from Sinister Beard Games, who uh, did this role playing game called Quietus that we played, which is like a horror RPG that was really cool. Mm. This one is called Extreme Meat Punks Forever. What? And I just got to read the the tagline, which is a tabletop RPG about found family, queerness, and gigantic robots made of meat. And then it says, quote, be gay, pilot mechs, kill Nazis. Oh, so, wow. Yes. I just think this is one everyone should probably take a look at. Uh, and like I said, we enjoyed the previous game that we played by them. And this one looks like it has a very wild, uh, like Mad Max kind of colorful art style with a lot of different things going on. <laughs> if you can oh, tell from that. Wow. Brilliant. Oh, 
So there's some good stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, there's there's some good Kickstarter projects. All right. That will wrap up our Kickstarter pick starter. Let's talk about some games we've actually been playing in Table Talk. I don't know if my Table Talk. Table Talk. Table Talk. There it is. Let's talk about some of the games we've been playing as of late. Now, I don't know how things exactly are going over where you are, Jono, in terms of uh, getting people getting together and things, but are, are there any games that you have had the chance to play within the last few weeks that you want to talk to us about? Yes, Solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, Klondike no. or... <laughs> Whoa, what? No. <laughs> um, no, so yes, we have definitely been sticking to the rules, dear Dutch government, all the time, and in that period of sticking to the rules... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've actually, we've managed to play a few games a few times. There's, there's been some easing of the restrictions here. And uh, two games I'd like to mention. Um, would you like to know the established game or the new Kickstarter acquisition game first? Ooh. Why don't we start established and okay. we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> All right. So you guys know Mysterium? Love it. No one love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're going to hate me now. <laughs> <laughs> So, can't wait can't wait yeah we went to a friend's lee's house and she she's had it for a while i have never played it please don't kill me um and neither had anyone any of us actually so we're like oh let's, let's play mysterium take take the take the game out open it up and i start reading the rule book and i try to figure it out and stuff and i noticed straight away in the beginning it says oh if you're new to playing mysterium please make sure a player that's played it before takes role the psychic and I'm thinking, well, there's a red flag right there. <laughs> played, it, played it before. Uh, but we managed to get through the first bit of it. But then the rulebook kind of unfortunately let us down with regard to the second bit. When, you, when you've identified your suspects, and then you have to try to figure out who the, who the killer is. And, I mean, by that stage, I wasn't going to pull out the YouTube video and watch where everyone else is waiting for me or give the YouTube video to someone else and someone else has to watch it while waiting for them to explain it. it. It felt a little bit of a letdown because the first part of the game, I loved it. It is really neat, that concept, that beautiful kind of con uh, combination of Dixit meets Cluedo meets um, who is it, you know? Really fun. <laughs> So it's a shame we we had three suspects. And I, I was I was I was the uh, the psychic. So oh the ghost the ghost sorry the ghost, ghost that's, yeah. yeah that's it. Um, I was the ghost and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, fun. Well, but, yeah. Hmm? It, it it's definitely yeah the the ending section of Mysterium I think is controversial. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, have issues with it. I think that's something in at least one of the expansions. They tried to come up with a different sort of end game. Oh. I think to rectify that. Got it. Um, at least as an option. Did, did you find it um, very challenging being being the ghost? Like, was it? How did you find trying to pick the right cards to to give out to players? Well, uh, surprisingly, my boyfriend did the best at this, and I think he was just angry at my wrath in case he got it wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh no well that no to be honest that was that was challenging and it, it's in, in, sometimes frustrating but in a funny way you know you you have these seven cards of all this different art and you, you have to show people it's the kitchen and all the cards talk about you know they, they seem to symbolize nature and clouds and shit and you're thinking okay how am i going to make a cloud and a bird mean a kitchen to the person 
So, but you know, and in the end, it still worked out quite well. And looking at things like primary colors, different objects and stuff, kind of uh, also the other players, you know, my, my friends were able to kind of get the idea that, oh, that one card was this, this next card is that. The feedback from my idea, the first card was wrong. And that way it does work itself out. It's a little bit like um, that, you know, the, that really old game, Mastermind? Right. Process, yeah, yeah. process of elimination applies as well here if, if, you know, if your friends are playing it properly. And if they're not, just laugh at them. <laughs> oh yeah i mean we both had experiences as it goes and it's great when you're like okay this card's perfect it has like going to the kitchen theme like forks and knives yeah yeah so you play that at them and then they'll be like all right this card's yellow yeah so exactly. these are first and you're just like are you kidding me people people <laughs> always get mad at me i feel <laughs> after i'm the ghost they're like how was i ever supposed to know that and i'm like i don't know I mean, can you, uh, uh, could you possibly play Mysterium with like a poltergeist rule? So, you know, the ghost can make something move, only one object move oh. in the room while they're guessing. Oh, then you want to play the game Paranormal Detectives. I was thinking, um, oh God, I'm blanking on the name, the mall game. Uh, mall Madness. Magic Maze. Oh, Magic Maze. Yeah. Where mm. you can't talk, but you can sort of like, take this little... Um, totem i don't know what they called it and just slam it in front of the person to let them know it's your turn to move something and you're just like you do your thing <laughs> you can't do more than that and you just you look everyone looks at the one person who's the only one who can activate something on that turn yeah. <laughs> excellent well that perfect yeah a combination of that too perfect yeah wow yeah, good good stuff good thank stuff. you uh so mysterium what now what's this what's this other mysterious game uh -huh, indeed maybe you guys have seen it it's a kickstarter project it came in the mail about two months ago uh the publishers are sovereign heart games and it's called recipe for disaster no, I do not know about this no, one. This is fun. Um, it act, I'm, I'm really glad I backed this as well. And the guys did a great job with the Kickstarter project showing you know, how the game works and stuff. And my excitement was absolutely fulfilled when it came in and I played it. Uh, you basically have uh, ingredient cards. Each player has a bunch of ingredient cards. And everyone just take new ingredient cards. And you're trying to fulfill dishes on the table or as close to it as you can. Um, Actually, I think I'll go backwards. Anyway, there's, there's ingredients. There are, there are dishes you need to fulfill. And you're each taking turns to try and get as close as you can. And then when someone is ready, they think they have it or they're as close they're going to get, they ring a bell. The turn ends for everyone. And then you all present your dishes. And this comes like, you know, the, the whole social element of the game. You have to, If you haven't quite got the recipe right, you have to explain why um, chicken liver is a great uh, substitute in the chocolate mousse uh <laughs> whatever and then everyone does that and you reward each other you know as who you think the best dish is according to that that person gets points and you go to new round and the fun part about the game is the ingredients you either source them blindly from a stack or you have to um uh what is it? I, I think it's the number of cards you could pull so have a two from a stack or you could pull one from what they call the fridge which is an open deck of ingredients so everyone sees what they are and that's limited for the round until the next recipes come up. Or every time someone discards an ingredient and goes into a dumpster, the box actually doubles as a dumpster. And if you want to in your turn, uh, you can for free take a rest, uh, an ingredient card out of the dumpster. But you have a timer to do it in to look through it. And if you elapse the timer, you get the health inspection checks you and gives you a negative mark. Or after you dumpster dive, you've got to roll a dice. And if you roll, it's like a 
a four or higher or five or higher, then you know, health inspector slaps you as well. And you get a negative mark and so many negative marks. You don't get scoring that round because your restaurant's closed due to health and safety. <laughs> <laughs> really fun little game. Really. It's, it's, it's quick and easy to get going. It's fun to play with your friends, especially the dumpster diving gets really fun and exciting when there's a good stack of cars in there. So yeah, definitely. I'm looking at it um, on Kickstarter. I actually think I do remember uh, vaguely when this was up and, yeah, it's 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 kind of like uh, sort of in the vein of like an apples to apples type of a thing where you're you yeah know, like making arguments. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely in the end. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I love the the design of that box is mm. so funny. I it, mean, that's it is just, wicked. That's great. Yeah. So. Uh, any any time a game can use the box as part of the game, we, mm-hmm. we're big fans of that. <laughs> well. Would you guys? What would you like, other guys, like for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> you could send us a dumpster. <laughs> sure, no problem. No, <laughs> you could send us. Uh, oh, is it a chocolate mousse that uses chicken liver? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm sure a lot of people are going. Isn't that a Dutch recipe? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, this reminds me I, of. There's a game we played called Fun Employed. Oh yes, uh, I do know that too, and I think I've even oh, played yeah. it. So another sort of along the same lines, kind of. You're not making food; you're trying to. You're giving your qualifications for a job, mm-hmm. um, and it's another sort of fun take on that genre. I think. Yep. Brilliant. All right, so now uh, Will and I played a couple of games together. Some I, two I've been very excited to play. So the uh, the first one is called The Initiative. Well, I mean, you can you can uh, t- kind of talk through what the experience is like of of playing the initial stages of the initiative. But this is the reason I was excited about this game is because it's from designer Corey Kaneska, who ha- used to be with Fantasy Flight. He designed games like Battlestar Galactica, which is one of my favorite games of all time. And this is his new studio. Uh, so this is the first game from his studio. So I was very, very interested in this. And it's like a puzzle solving has a campaign in it, narrative elements, a lot of things that I like. Uh, I don't know if you remembered as much about it when we sat down to play it, Will, but what, I mean, what, what you want to just talk about how it works and what your thoughts were? Sure. Uh, let's just, the idea of the game, by the way, is in the game, you are playing as kids. Yeah. I'd say that's the, yeah. I, I would call them kids. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, who have found a game called the key. I believe it was yeah. something with key in it. That's right. Uh, and you are playing as them playing the game, the key and things, depending on how you win or lose things happen in a storybook, Ooh. which will unlock other puzzles for you to find out. And these puzzles, some of them will be very obviously coded. And then they give you something like some of the best puzzles will be hidden in plain sight. For example, and this is not really a, as far as I know, spoiler, they actually have a puzzle on the game box that you can look at and solve, like while you're waiting in line to purchase this. <laughs> cool. And there are so many other crazy things involved. And I don't want to say too much, but in because of how you win or lose could affect what happens, we've discovered. Oh wow. And it's just so mind-blowing so far. And it's the kind of game that I really like, the kind of campaign game that isn't these long match things per chapter. The chapters are short, so it's like, okay, we're going to play like three in a row. And these clever little puzzles you have to solve, like 
One was simply just finding the puzzles and guessing cipher. And by the way, from what we can tell so far, you're most of the, the core game is you exploring, finding these file tokens that could have symbols for whatever your current puzzle is. Every symbol might not be there. So you're going to have to make some leaps of faith. You can't just hope to find everything. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be like, all right, if there are two symbols there that are next to each other, those are probably like T's or L's because those are, those two letters tend to go together Mm -hmm. like with matter or well. So you're going to, and I feel like it's nothing too complicated, but just enough where you have to do that kind of extra thinking and make those leaps. That is just really enjoyable. Yeah, it's got this interesting, it's also got the kind of this Hanabi-like element mm-hmm. where in order to do actions, you play cards with numbers on them, but you can't play a number higher than someone else's number. So if someone played a 10 on the move action and you only have cards one through nine in your hand, then you can't move that turn unless you find a way to reset that stack. But uh, you know, there, which is an option, but there's that too has its own pile of number cards on it. So you also can't, um, uh, you know, go too high on that one. So there's this very interesting gameplay of, of that along with the, like you said, like trying to look for, find, deduce and find the right symbols that you need fully cooperative, if that wasn't obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, so f- we, we just, we played the first three chapters. We just got to a point where we like unlocked a new set of rules so to speak it is a little it's not a legacy game but it does sort of feel like that yeah exactly uh, yeah yeah and so i i will see how that one thing i will say is like the early games are definitely very simple which uh you know for some people it might be a little they might think it's too simple I, like i'm waiting to see how the next steps go mm-hmm. right we're only like not even like a quarter in the way in so actually any any game like this because things could change too much or it doesn't change enough. Mm-hmm. And we're, but I'm sure that that is an easy possibility that, you know, by chapter 10, we're just like, oh my God, I just trying to get to the end. Like <laughs> just add enough new Ooh, things. Yeah. But I do think with the puzzles, even though the gameplay so far is, as, as Jonathan, you said, you know, it's not like extremely complicated. No. But- because you have the puzzles there, a lot of your mental, like, um, not, I guess effort might be the word I'm looking for. We'll be on that. And because the gameplay is so simple, you don't have to feel too taxed all the time. And I think that will help you refresh. Though, as you said, supposedly the game can keep being played afterwards. Yeah, we don't know exactly sure. how that's going to work. Because you can't replay the campaign because there is like, at the end of each mission, there's a definitive answer to the puzzle. And if you knew it, you could literally stop the game at any time and say, I figured out what the code means. Um, Unless, of course, later chapters, they go back to the code you earlier and it has it actually has effect on the new chapters and maybe the puzzles get more difficult and they need answers from earlier puzzles. Okay. Actually, yeah. Uh, hmm. Remember, all of the game pieces could come back into play. Oof. Wow, fun. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's very interesting, too, because I like how they... I, I feel like it almost tricks you into into thinking this is a thematic game (laughs) but successfully so because the game itself the gameplay the mechanics are very abstract and you're just like looking for symbols and trying to solve a clue Mm -hmm. but because the story of the game is that 
this is almost like the Jumanji. Like this is the game you're playing within the story of the game. It makes you feel like you're uncovering a story and finding secrets. So it's it's a very interesting mixture well, of those two styles that I ha haven't seen anyone really do before. Sure. I would almost argue that is a successful theme. No, yeah, I, like, I, I'm saying that's what I, I think it is successful. It successfully tricks right. you. <laughs> I guess, okay, I guess that my, I was just hanging up on the word trick, I guess. Yeah. It's not, I like, yeah, but no. But um, yeah, we're already very excited and been hooked by that. But as you, Jonathan, that was not the only thing you played that you were very excited about. Yes, we also, finally, I got to try Dune Imperium. Have you had a chance to do this one at all, Jono? No, I haven't, and I really want to, and I need to. Maybe I know convince my game, convince my friends. We need to sit down for hours and do this something because it <laughs> looks so good. Uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 good. It's it's not it's not super. Um, if you're worried about like complex complexity or length or anything, it's 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 I'm more in the medium end, I would mm -hmm. say. But uh, yeah, I got the ch chance to play. Will had played it previously solo. We got the chance to play it together. It's a deck building worker placement game. So you have a deck, but uh, the way it works is you play a card which determines where you can place a worker. And then once you've run out of workers, any cards left in your hand will give you some kind of a benefit at the end of the round. So some type of resource or currency to buy more cards. So you're choosing which cards do I want to play to move my workers and which ones do I want to save to get resources? And it's very interesting because it's, it's very feels so different from other deck building games where I'm so used to just, I want to play every card in my hand, every turn, obviously. And in this one, it's much more, it's a much slower, more thoughtful kind of gameplay of like, I will play this card and then I'll place an, a worker <laughs> on this space. Um, and it's it does a great job balancing, I think, the like the or creating suspense for what is a relatively slow game. Not as much of, you know, usually the big thing in worker placement games is someone taking your space before you can get there. Mm -hmm. And that is an issue in this scheme, but but it's often it's more constrained by just what you have in your hand because sometimes yeah. you might not even have the choice of going well, the, where you want to go. Well, this comes down so true to the, to the thematic of the books themselves, right? Because, I mean, the, the movie is is beautiful piece of sci-fi mastery. Uh, mastery, sorry. <laughs> but um, the, the books, uh, I remember the books really kind of elicited that kind of feeling as well. It, it didn't have to go fast, but it was suspenseful enough. There was enough going on there was enough things to kind of overcome to for, for the characters and the various factions to get what they wanted um and if the game does the same thing that's uh i applaud that nicely yeah. done yeah i wow. think it, i think it does i think it does pretty well i i had read the first book of the series mm -hmm. um and enjoyed it and you know i definitely you, you don't have to have know anything about dune i don't think to to enjoy this game but oh yeah no i mean You'll, like I have not read the series or anything, you'll, but yeah, mechanically you'll, it's just it hits it out of the park. Wow, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty good, pretty strong, pretty. Good. I'm definitely, I, I, I definitely feel like we played it with two, where there's always like there's an AI player, AI. I know it's ridiculous to say that in a board game, but <laughs> um, a fake player who will just kind of take up spots for you. And actually, they have a pretty nice app that can handle that for you. I was going to ask, what do you, what do you think of that, Jonathan? Yeah, I thought it was. Nice. I mean, basically, you can just play with a deck of cards, but the app will just draw the cards for you, so you just don't have to oh, look brilliant. at a deck. Yeah, <laughs> it, nice. it also literally has a 
step-by-step list of like, first do this, then do this. So oh, brilliant. Yeah. You don't need to, which I, I tend to like, especially with solo games. I can think of some other ones that I think some games would be so much more streamlined. If I just had that be like, mm. we, we did the, you just do their pieces. I will tell you what to do. I don't have to be like, what's the symbology mean again? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and also fun game out there since this is already out. Uh, Jonathan, you pointed out to me that a lot of the art is very likely based on the movie as you you were like, I mean, okay, it's a hundred percent. Yeah. You can tell the <laughs> so, actors mm-hmm. from the, from yeah. the upcoming game of trying movie. to guess who, yeah, who's who. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, I, I'll, I'll play as Timothy Chalamet is basically what it, <laughs> what it felt like. I played as Dave Batista actually. But uh, I, I do want to point out that they did a, I, I feel like sometimes I get annoyed. Like we point out, I think one of the worst offenders of that would be Marvel's legendary cinematic version, which felt like, well, it's, it's just, just photos from the movies. Yeah. Oh. When this this did a very good job. Like I think it's it's, it's actually it's all it's all illustrated, even though it's based. I don't know if they. I almost get the sense maybe they just literally traced some screenshots, <laughs> but they still uh, drew it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> the coloring right. is nice. They yeah. still did something. It doesn't. It looks like it fits for the cards. Yeah. It doesn't look I like a, a, a like a collection of baseball cards. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it looks yeah, really nice. I like it. I like the aesthetic a lot. Yeah, give it a Maybe. shot if you get the chance. That's, yeah, for uh, sure. Huh. Imperium. Uh, and Will, you've been playing. You played another game, I think, just by yourself that has been like was one of the big hot ones. I feel like on Kickstarter, it, it was, and it wasn't by myself. I had uh, another friend over I because he was having a really bad day, cheating on me. <laughs> uh, but I got to finally try it. Title Blades. This is one I actually purchased recently, but I haven't. I, I did not get to the solo mode yet on that one. But the idea is that you are all pretty much trying to prove your worth in this competition. And in a two-player game, just like with Dune Imperium, you're going to have a an AI, you know, your NPC doing stuff. And in this, he's just well. What's interesting is there's the standard mode where he just sort of blocks you, and you lose points. But there is an advanced mode where if you score less than him or her on the champion track, you lose the game. So it is something you have to be very careful about. I like games where you can lose to the game yeah. as well as yeah. other players. Fair, right? You know, he's a player too, just because he's, you know, artificial. <laughs> they is artificial, it, it is. Sorry. So right. the way the game actually works, you have your, pretty much your own stat board, and you're going to go through different locations and obviously you land on spots they'll give you resources that could be these challenge cards you get in your hand which is the big way you're going to get points because after you go to a spot like i can't remember like angler's cove or something actually i think that's from the expansion (laughs) but you go to a spot that has a symbol certain challenges could be played in certain spaces so when you go there you're going to have a dice pool which you'll roll dice from hoping to match symbols on that card which then you can take back and depending on what symbols you match, you level up those skills, which could either be like rolling more dice, being able to refresh more dice at the end of each round because you don't get all your dice back, or even getting cards from your personal deck, which are really fun and cool and can really change the way you work. Like I got some really crazy abilities for the character. I played as Axel, I think was the name of my character. It was the Salamander one. And it is just this really interesting worker placement game, even with the AI, which pretty much simulates someone just taking spots. It's really what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And 
God, did the AI take some spots where I'm like, all right, next time I'm going to go there. And they took it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't! That always happened. But there's also this monster combat spot, which you permanently lose your dice if you go there. But if you get a bunch of magic symbols there, they earn you like, like I got like 10 points from that, which is what pushed me over the other player to win. Like we actually tied on the champion track and then we had to get points elsewhere. And that's what gave me the win over him. What really agreed was because I got the chance to just dish a ton of damage last round on a monster. So it's like, you can't ignore them. It's I'm actually having a look at the uh, Kickstarter page right now as well, Will, and I'm looking at the player boards and uh, first of all, the artwork is absolutely stunning. I oh, love yeah. the aesthetic of this. Uh, and also, I'm, I'm a huge fan of water, so this is, like, right up my alley. And the fact that the play, <laughs> yeah. the, the characters and the player boards are they're not be- beautifully drawn. There's, there's obviously a bit of lore behind this as well I would love to explore. And then you've got the various different uh, elements of the character creation as well. And brilliant. Yeah, I actually want to point out, if you look at the box, yeah, uh, it says part one. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm in. In fact, why can't they work with YouTube to make an animated show? <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> well, maybe you know what? Yeah. Maybe that's what uh, Game Workshop needs to do. Like, all right, here's our slate. Yeah. But we've gone out to all the other board game co- uh, companies, and we're making shows for them now. And this is going to be board game Netflix. Go board game Netflix. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> that works. Yeah. I think I just assumed, like, maybe just based on the artwork and everything, that this was a more more of a narrative-heavy kind of a like adventure game but it doesn't sound like it's really that doing that i would say maybe whatever those other parts are but really yeah this is a worker placement and like maximizing your score and by the way those dice actually level up there's a growth chart Mm -hmm. so you have you get to grow them and like you start with novice and adept there's like the blue versus the red dice that can grow up in different symbols which means better odds and all that Mm. um we did not play the expansion i do own it but i was like you know there's, this is this is one of those games, Jonathan, you know, that like Arkham Horror like takes up the full table and there's like 20 things going on. So you're like, <laughs> let's slow and steady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I did look at what the expansion, which is cool. The expansion adds and it is something I do like seeing games. It's it, it has really powerful spots, but pretty much everyone looks down on you for going there. So you get these. <sighs> I can't think they're called corruption tokens mm. that they're hidden. And if you have the most of those at the end, point wise, you get a penalty. So it becomes this fun game of like, do I go there? Or like, oh, I, I don't have as many shields, so I can risk it. But you could draw the fort for one, which is worth, you know, like four of the other ones. Right. So it's that push your luck aspect there as well. Cool. Uh, so that's Tidal Blades Heroes of the Reef. Uh, and uh, that, that sounds pretty good. Sounds like it's it's uh, worthy of some of the hype, at least. I I would definitely say so. It's the the biggest problem is obviously there's just so much going on. It's it, it's I think just the nature of those kinds of games. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna there's gonna be maybe up to thirty minutes of you all just going over what you can do. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> it's worth it once you get over that barrier. It's worth. You're it. gonna have fun. Nice the barrier reef. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, just real quick before we leave this segment, I am going to just talk about the last game I played called Hostage Negotiator Career. People oh. maybe know Hostage Negotiator. It's a solo only game from Van Ryder Games, wherein you are 
doing what the title says, negotiating for hostages. And this career expansion uh, makes it into a whole campaign where you are traveling through different things will impact you every year. And in the in between rounds of normal gameplay, which involve playing cards, rolling dice, a lot of luck uh, and trying to mitigate that luck as best you can in order to save the hostages. Um, you are like drawing cards that will get, tell you about aspects of your life as well and what's going on with your your spouse or your career or if you got promoted or if you're distracted at work for some reason. And I played the first round of this last year, uh, so we streamed it on our channel and finally got back around to it and streamed it again. So if you want to watch this, you can. It's still on our Twitch channel or it'll be, it'll be on our uh, YouTube live channel soon. And I really like the Hostage Negotiator series. It, it is, you know, for people who don't like randomness, I think this game might just you would be turned off by it immediately. Like you would not want to go anywhere near it because you can have just really bad luck and it can be over. Yeah, speaking of, or really good luck. And then sometimes it just feels like, oh, it was too easy, you know? Uh, <laughs> but I just love the thematic nature of it. I think is done really well and is something, something about it is very engaging to me. And the fact that it's a solo game, it plays relatively yeah, quickly. That, yeah. That's what I was going to point out is, especially for on our end to watch you play is fun because it's not like, when you Gloomhaven and Dar, these are great games, but they're really designed with a lot of people at the table. This is like, look, it's you, you're going through it together, and it feels because it was designed that way. It's just in such a it's one of those games when something's designed to be solo, it's just great to watch. And the fact that you get a campaign thing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of people really love playing Gloomhaven solo, so I don't know if that's a great I example. do, but <laughs> I think, but my, my difference is. Like every time when I look up Gloomhaven and facts, everyone's talking about, oh, if you're playing this character, you want you want to be paired with this person. And maybe that's how they play solo, controlling multiple characters. They probably do, yeah. Probably some of them. Which mm. in my end is like, well, that's still designed with multiple people. Yeah. Exactly. In mind. But like this, you're not doing that. You're not control you're not controlling as if there's two Jonathan S's sitting at the table <laughs> playing the game. <laughs> Just me. Just me. Baby. But uh man, that that girl did you wrong. <laughs> you tried to help out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had a rough go of it. So, in summary, spoilers for the stream, but uh, I lost pretty badly, uh, and Aww. also ended up um, cheating a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was great. I don't remember it saying you were married, and you're like, "I'm helping this person out." Oh, we're at the bar. Your spouse walks in. Oh, like, oh, oh, I didn't. Oh. I, I meant cheating. I, the, oh. <laughs> That's what I understood as well. This is wow. I'm glad I'm there, this. There was yes, there was a part of the game where it turned out that maybe I was cheating on my wife with some girl I met at work. But um uh also I uh she there's a special die that came with the game. Uh, it was I think it was a Kickstarter bonus. And so the problem is it's like not in the rule book and I always forget how it works, but it's yeah, I mean you asked us to find, I only found it through the stretch goal. <laughs> like five out of six sides are a success. So it's like a really strong die to roll. Mm -hmm. But one side means you just straight up lose the entire game. Ooh. And um, the idea is you can add it in. It's called the frustration die. You can throw it in <laughs> if you're just getting really named. mad. <laughs> um, you're only allowed to use it once per game. And towards the end, I thought I was just losing anyway. So I used it like a bunch of times. I wasn't supposed to, but 
<laughs> Either way, I would have lost, but I I did enjoy my time playing it as I always do. But yeah, man, it can be it can be pretty rough sometimes with the when you just don't get the roles you need, and when the not even the roles actually in this game, it was just the cards that came out were just no, piling yeah. on and making it real bad for me. It was, and once again, like you said, Jonathan, this is one of those games where random. If you really hate randomness, mm. you might be a little annoyed by it because he pretty much played with someone who puts out a bunch of these demand cards and you were doing great with them. And then all of a sudden you got a card that said, flip them all over and hide them. Yeah. The whole idea. And then like two cards in a row that said, if you have them not flipped, you get a bigger punishment. It was just like whammy after whammy after whammy. It kind of feels like the AI itself is giving you the table flip. (laughs) (laughs) You're winning too quick. F you. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, actually. Yeah. Because you were like, I'm doing great. The hostage pool is almost empy. And all of a sudden, that happened. The next thing you know, like 10 up more hostages came out of nowhere, which we don't know why. <laughs> Apparently, this fast food joint, which the, the abductor was had under their control, people were still going in, like, hey, can I get another number four? People are walking yeah. in through the drive thru, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, wow. um, that's yeah. Cute. I, um, Bit of a shame. Yeah. Well, I love um, I love the meatballs they have. I'm I'm looking at a Kickstarter page as well. I've come up to the uh, uh, I think it's the stretches and stuff like that, and little customized little meeple characters yes. of all their faces. Oh, it's so cute! I actually do have those, and I don't know if I have one for the character because I forgot to use it last night. But that's okay. Oh. Uh, I, used the, I used the generic one. <laughs> but yeah, they have a lot of fun stuff. It's a uh, it's a fun it's a fun cute little game, and we'll hmm. see how the rest of my career. Uh, develops for better or worse hostage negotiator is that one all right real quick we're, we're running along because we had so much fun stuff to discuss today but that, <laughs> but, but that's all right because i because i'm loving the episode we're just going to end off with one board game game that's right we're going to play a board game game and this episode's board game game is called ccg which of course as we all know stands for cocktail crafting game <laughs> because uh in honor of Jono and uh Bar Pig, which of course is all about uh the drinks and the drinking thereof of course you can play it non-alcoholic but uh well, i think if... you've enjoyed it from time to time with alcohol yeah oh i um, well okay you guys have noticed since day one back when we were called bar pg and uh i, I have to always say we're a dry game. You can include a drink. And if you're a drinking, we also like to say, well, we don't like to say, we have to say, we want to say, uh, alcohol not included or required. I've had a lot of fun with this game with a cup of tea. So it's civilized. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. But in today's game, we're all going to be alcoholics. Oh, um, that's just my number Tuesday. Oh, it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I knew I knew this was going to work out. Serendipitous. Um, so what I what I am going to ch- challenge all of us to do to come up with is to tr- try to develop our own personal cocktail that will pair with a specific board game. And um, I think in the, in this in this instance, and maybe we can throw out some suggestions and pitch different things. But I think it would be fun since it was mentioned on the show, and we all um, have experience with it. That Mysterium might be a good candidate mm. for to try to develop a, an alcoholic beverage, a drink that would be paired well thematically somehow. Wait, are Mysterium. you saying? We're going to need to use spirits. Yes, I am. Oh, I I missed that. Oh, wow. (laughs) Jeez. 
Uh, and if you want uh, some examples, like uh, there's, I, I found a few, there's a couple of articles out there. Some people have done stuff like this. Um, this, this, like this Forbes article says for settlers of Catan, you should drink an old fashioned cause bourbon, it's like, uh, you know, you're collecting nature's resources and wheat and water and things i don't know you could go all kinds of different directions for it there's another one from this site cocktailporter.com that has um cluedo and blood orange and turmeric gym gimlet turmeric <laughs> turmeric am i saying that right Shimmeric. yeah turmeric turmeric see you're gonna need to tell us all the I, you're the expert here i think on these ingredients that might go into something like this who me uh, yeah yeah of course oh, okay great uh, wow. <laughs> But I'll open it up to the to the floor. What what are what are suggestions of what do we what might go into? I, I think it's got to be like you've got to make it this kind of like a nice blue color, right? Well, I, I think there's two ways to look at this. All right, there is making the one drink with is what you're doing. The uh, something that is a blue, you know, probably the more your Instagram photo. Another <laughs> one is less of making the drink and maybe getting a bunch of similar like dark colored liquors, putting them in glasses that aren't see-through mm -hmm. and you have to find out which one is which. <laughs> yeah. But this sounds like a game in itself. So you have designed play. a game. You have designed a game. Congratulations. <laughs> Would you like to be kickstarted? I don't know. Make an animated series of being green. Hi, it's Netflix. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I hear that, but it's funny because the moment you said Mysterium, you know what cocktail came in mind straight away just because the name and the feeling about it was a dark and stormy. Mm. Yeah, it could be something yeah. that exists already. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to create your own. But I feel like it, it has to be a dark and stormy. It's, it's something a little bit heavy in there. And when you look at it, I'm, I'm not thinking about blue colors. And I know that's prevalent in Mysterium and the colors and the game and stuff. But I kind of want a cocktail that's like almost like a dark mist in it, you know? Like a dark mm. chocolatey kind of mist going on, and it's got this really rich uh, spiced rum taste flavor to it. I'm yeah, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I definitely think. Well, that's definitely the thing. I think even whether the blue or the it has to be dark. It has to be dark for sure. I don't yeah, think we exactly. don't want, yeah. Like yes, there are bright yellow cards, but mm. you know this is not a happy sunny day. No, <laughs> no, it isn't. And if, if, if I mean a, a blue, a blue one, like a really dark blue of like these, these kind of. Um, dynamic mists of something else not quite mixing with it moving through it we'd have to use mm -hmm. blue curacao yeah. and that's always a tricky one because it's such a sweet liqueur so right mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah those 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 syrupy <laughs> things that you can or you know we could use something like um i'm blanking on it now but like a a, a red syrup because this is about a murder after all like a grenadine mm. maybe yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I am that's an true. alcoholic. It's true. Jesus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, except I, I I only know that from non-alcoholic drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're using, of course, yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe you go even another direction and you just have just something so strong that, you know, the idea is this will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, or at the very least, everything now looks like a card. Oh, okay. Well, I can, I could definitely recommend a shot for that. I've had it once in my entire life and never again called the brain hemorrhage. No, no, sorry. Oh, flatliner, flatliner, not a brain, a brain hemorrhage is quite nice. Actually. That's, that sounded terrible. A flatliner. <laughs> You know, I just, I, baby, bath water, off they go. Uh, <laughs> um, a flatliner, it's uh, one part Sambuca, one part tequila, and three drops of Tabasco sauce. 
Mm. Yeah, that'll, that, that, that'll kill you, and you'll never want to touch another drop in your entire <laughs> life again. Ugh. So I say our, our Mysterium drink is the Flatliner, oh, and then as, as a chaser, you get the Dark and Stormy, uh, with alternately, maybe you throw some blue food coloring in there if you, if you like. <laughs> if you can make it that far. Oh, if you make it that far, exactly. Oof. Wow. Oh, I'm getting a headache just thinking about this. Terrible. <laughs> oh. All right. Then we've done our job. Um, if you're out there listening and you've got a better suggestion for a cocktail companion for a Mysterium, or if you have a question about the show and you want us to answer a question in the future, uh, you can email us meeplegallery at gmail.com. You can join the Meeple Gallery. Mm-hmm. But that's going to bring us to the end. And, Jono, oh. please, if you would. I mean, it's been so good to have you on the show. <laughs> it's been wonderful. Been an excellent guest. Thank you. Please, please let everybody know how they can follow you online, find more Bar Pig, all that stuff in the future. All right. Okay. Insert shameless plug here. Here we go. Uh, well, if... Do do you feel like you need a game in your life which challenges your friends to hilarious group challenges? I'm not going to do this. Uh, <laughs> I felt like I was going. Now, uh, everyone can follow us on the socials at Barpig Game, and if you don't know about Barpig, maybe that's the best way to fill it in. Yeah, it is a really fun combination of um, physical group challenges with your mates. Some can be cerebral. Some can be downright silly. One of my favorite ones in the expansion is uh, the Vod Cleric. <laughs> there's, there's the pun. Um, <laughs> where you have two people that have to, you select two players, they have to look each other in the eye, not break eye contact, and continuously give each other compliments without fail. So it's, it's that level of fun. And then we've also added in a huge um, number of item cards you gain in with a take that element. You can throw them in the game at any moment to steal a turn, steal a level, Make someone else lose points instead of you. Change the challenge is going to happen. It, it's a lot of fun. Four, three to seven players, half an hour. You're having a blast. Bar Pig Game is the tag on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find our website at www.barpig.eu for European Union. And if you're like, no, I want to get it now. Uh, yes, which is great. And I very much endorse that feeling. And you should definitely do it right now. Uh, go to shop.barpig.eu and you can use the discount code roll for crit and you get 30%. Whoa! Bing, 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 bing! Oh, and, and I'll do something else. Even throw in a little uh, Jessica every roll for crit order. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, this is this is a shock to us, but yeah, we did not know about this. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm throwing that into the beginning too. We need to plug this. <laughs> yeah, um, plug away, please. <laughs> Shamelessly, I'm I'm I am now the RuPaul of ball games. No. <laughs> Somebody has to be. Someone has to be. <laughs> uh, this is great, and yeah, and I'll also just mention too, if you know, uh, if you're curious about the game, there are lots of videos of people playing it, mm. including us. Yes, uh, we've done streams doing that with the tabletop or tabletopia version of mm-hmm. it yeah that was a lot of fun I'm, I'm, thank you thanks again guys for doing that and i i really i can't wait to get stateside because you guys are on top of my list to go visit new york and jersey because you're on the east north east, east coast right that's right that's correct yeah, yeah. You, you guys are top of the list i'm gonna bring all the bar pigs and we're gonna film that <laughs> stuff and then we're gonna stop filming and actually play it properly <laughs> and then of course maybe sometime in there we'll fit a game of Catan. that's right oh yeah that's right the 200 dollar version yeah okay cool <laughs> no got please, it on yeah. order already <laughs> excellent planning um yes check all that stuff out we'll have links in the show notes uh thanks again 
thanks again for joining us. Always, Thank always you. a good time. I mean, Absolutely. just, just the best, just the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, if if you want more role for crit, of course. You can find links to our YouTube videos, live streams, merch, and more at our website, rollforcrit.com. You can support us on Patreon if you want. Join our Discord server or get more audio goodness with our weekly audio expansion bonus episodes at rollforcrit. Sorry, at patreon.com slash rollforcrit. I always make that mistake. Uh, Or if you just want to rate and review us on iTunes, that also is helpful. Uh, And that is going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. Lots of good stuff. And uh, once again... Jono, thanks for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I love it. And it's, it's great to be with you guys again. Absolutely. And Feelings of mutual. course, thanks. you're always welcome back. Yay! Yeah. I haven't done my worst yet. <laughs> uh, anyway, my name is Jonathan. I'm Will. And I'm... this was... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm Jono! <laughs> I didn't know! Oh my god, I screwed it up! <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised how often that happens. It's it's pretty much every week. We, we should really just start. You never. We should just prep the guests beforehand if we want them to say their names or not. But we just kind of go with it and see what happens. <laughs> anyway, this has been Roll for Crit. Bye. Bye.